I'm your host, A-Train Wayne, here with Goni. What's up, boys? And Begley. Gentlemen? Looking real tan, back from a week on the beach. Bronze. tan. Yeah. Looking, r- looking real. Did you sit on the beach with your shirt on or your shirt off, man? World wants to know. <laughs> it was off, man. I, I had my man meat just flying around the, in the breeze, buddy. I like it. I, I'm a dad, man. Like w- once you get, once you have multiple kids and you hit thirty, just all shame goes out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought. I mean, we don't have the kids, but we put on the weight for the kids. You know, I will say what. When you go to the beach, right? Everybody, you, you know, you stress about it. You think oh, there's gonna be a lot of Arnold's walking around, but just a bunch of dads out there, man. There's love handles everywhere. You're not, yeah. you, we're yeah. not alone. The the Arnold's are are a lot fewer than than the dad bods. That's it's that's true. exactly right. The way I see it, man, I I'm married. I'm with the woman I'm gonna die with. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I look good enough to be respectful to her, and not not a ounce better <laughs> <laughs> bare minimum minutes. threshold so we're all about here <laughs> exactly exactly uh sh- boy i mean what's been going on with you but it's been a week it's been a week goni came over to the house yesterday he met my doorman brolic doorman mad I've, mob i've had like a i've had there's not a lot of bugs i'm not as scared of bugs guy but I hate praying mantises, manti, praying manti, praying mantis, manti, manti teo. <laughs> oh god, praying uh, manti teo. And there's been one just standing guard. This thing is like as big as my forearm, it's standing huge. guard on my front door. And like I, I have, I have like those, you know, those little uh, electrified tennis rackets that you get to like swat flies with and everything. Oh yeah. I kid you not. I zap this thing. And it just straight tanked it. it. It tanked it and stared at me and dared me to do it again. It's literally no joke. I missed it on the way in, and I was talking to Wayne's daughter, and she was like, oh, we have a praying mantis. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I, I showed her one on my phone because I saw one at my house, and it was like only – it's the smallest one I've ever seen. It was like an inch, maybe two inches big, and I show her on the phone. She's like, oh, do you want to see, see ours? Yeah, Sure. So I go outside, we open the door, she points up, and I look at it, and I'm like, oh, crap. This thing is gigantic. <laughs> Huge. And, and, and I'm not even kidding. Like, I wonder if I wonder if they'll be able to see, like, the, the shock that I give this thing. We'll see. Oh, oh. Oh, man, no, nah, it doesn't do it justice. Oh, man, it doesn't do it, it doesn't justice. Do it justice. He just tanked it. Anyways. Yeah, it's gigantic. It, it could probably probably eat a bird, Mad Mob. Anyway, I'm very nervous because he's just right outside that door right there, and I just know one of these days I'm going to hear like a faint like, and it's going to be him with his little pincers trying to come in and just tear up my whole family. Anyways, <laughs> we have football this week, boys. I, I bet you football. don't have to see fly in your house, man. Nah, That's hey, that, he's, the, he's serving the, a purpose out there. Yeah. He's football just, happened, boys. Football happened. The Hall of Fame game? game, the Las Vegas Raiders, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, I believe, is Begley's uh, early favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. Yep. Uh, Derek Carr, they'll be, they'll be good. They'll be good, man. Listen, they have to be good for the league because they just got a new stadium. They moved to Las Vegas. The league needs them to build that fan base. They'll be good. 
Yeah. I, do you I, all have any? So the the internet was kind of in a in a craze about Josh Jacobs being out there for the first two drives. Are you all that stressed about it? Why? Not really? What's the Not point? Really. I mean, there. He did good while he was out there. I mean, I know it, like he he did five attempts. He he rushed the ball five times. People, yeah, he was out there for two drives, but he rushed the ball five times, and he averaged six yards per rush. So, when he got the ball out there with the second team, he was like, "What are y'all doing?" I mean, they they've already shown that they don't really, you know, value him probably as a long term asset. Just they declined his option. They probably feel confident in the other running backs that they have there as well. The guys got work. Zamir White looked pretty good for the carries that he got. Zamir White, um, the only court, the only running back on both teams that got double digit carries, averaged four point seven yards carry. It looked decent. Yeah, he he looked good. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think they're worried about it. Maybe it's just you know the media and the community blowing it up out of proportion. Really, yeah. Don't worry about it if you're a Josh Jacobs lover. I'd say his ADP is still kind of accurate. Yep. All right, we are in episode three of our four-episode mini-series where we dive into uh, a division of each conference to give you our locks, overvalues, and dark horses from their respective ADP. This week, we are doing the AFC and NFC North, and it's going to be a good one. I It was a little bit easier than, than when we did the East. I don't know. I had trouble. I had trouble finding them out of that one. I didn't have that. I don't know. Did y'all struggle finding yours with this one? Well, the East was difficult because we get hung up on the overvalued players, and when you're just terrible at football and fantasy football, it's it's hard to pick an overvalue out of that like you have out of the worst division in football, the NFC East. Am I right, Beggs? Stop it. By Conference far, champions. By far Man. the worst. Not even close. Not even close. Conference second. champions? When? I said the conference of champions, the division of champions. I'm oh, sorry. okay. Okay. Sorry. Right. Conference right. sounded better. It sounds better, but it's, it's a height that the Cowboys can't reach. Stop it. This year's our year. Everybody Every year's your year. <laughs> the Cowboy motto, this is yeah. our year. All right. So we are we're going clockwise. Uh, it looks like Begley's on top. Brutal. Literally, the the only time he's ever on top is when he joins the call first. Hell, because yeah, <laughs> go go and join it first, Wayne. So the, uh, something must be going on with, with the algo over there on your side, man. I don't. I I joined it last. That's all I know. All right, well, which is pretty rare. Here, all right, so we're gonna start with the. Hmm. Who do we normally start with? The AFC or the NFC? I'm not even sure. To be who honest are the spiciest with you. takes? Who do we feel like are the spiciest takes? We'll save that for last. I, I'd rather start. I feel like the AFCs we're going to have a little bit more uh, discussion on, right? Yeah, probably. Maybe we'll see where it takes us. Then let's start with the NFC. Okay. We'll try and we'll try and run through the NFC. Um, give me your lock for the NFC North, Begs. AJ Dillon, Thunder Thighs. ADP at 66, running back 25. Uh, you know, we all know about Aaron Rodgers' lack of receiving weapons this year, losing Devontae Adams. They didn't really replace him with anybody. I, I think that the team's moving more to the run game. Uh, they're going to rely on it more than they have uh, kind of historically. I think they're going to go to a little more play-action passing. 
Uh, Matt Schneiderman of the Athletic had a quote that I saw recently that he expects his backfield to, backfield to be a 50-50 split at least. Um, I think he's going to get more work than he has in the past. He was really productive last year at an 8.3 production premium rating, which is like a measure of what do you do with carries and receptions compared to the average NFL player. Um, and he was very elite. Uh, so far out of camp, Aaron Rodgers and, and Matt LaFleur are raving about A.J. Dillon's kind of revamped pass-catching abilities. Um, I've got a quote here from Aaron Rodgers, who, as we know, is a cantankerous SOB. Uh, he said his pass-catching ability is really, really solid. He's made difficult catches look easy over the last couple of years in this training camp. I couldn't be more proud of 28 and his approach. And Matt LaFleur had – Kind of coming out and said we had we knew we had pretty decent hands coming out of college. Uh, although he didn't throw him the ball a whole lot as a receiver out of the backfield, he's exceeding all of our expectations. Um, I think once you kind of add in some more receptions, more passing work for AJ Dillon, you know he's the the red zone option in Green Bay. He was 12th last year in red zone touches up with 46. Devonte Adams leaving these 28 red zone targets kind of vacated. I think AJ Dillon takes half of those a little more receptions. This guy's a lock to be an RB two man. Mm. I mean, I, I don't have anything against AJ Dillon at all. I actually saw a picture on uh, Instagram or Twitter recently where it was AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones standing next to each other. And you see the size of AJ Dillon's legs compared to Aaron Jones's little stick legs and I think someone dubbed him uh, as the quad father. And wow. so I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I like him. I like where he's being drafted at right now as far as ADP goes. I like the potential that he has. And I, I think he's going to do some good things this year. He might even take over, you know, next year. Um, they might let Aaron Rod or Aaron Jones go. And he could be the guy for you dynasty guys out there. So I, I like it. Yeah, his ADP running back wise has him just outside uh, RB two, which I'd I'd agree with. I don't think it's going to be. I don't know what you're what you're reading. I don't I don't think it's going to be a direct fifty fifty split. I mean, Aaron Jones is just he's more talented. I mean, it's, they pay. it cuts into his MVP talk. That's why they pay. It's not going to be a split. <laughs> it's not going to be a fifty fifty split. Period. I mean, he's the better runner. AJ a. Dillon's the the bruiser, obviously, but but Aaron Jones is that dude in Green Bay in the backfield. Period. But that being said, I can't argue with your lock. I mean, it has him. It has him as the RB twenty five, and I think that's perfectly reasonable for him to be at. So if you get him as the RB twenty five, I agree with Begley. I think you're going to get value out of him right where you got him. It's going to suck to have to tackle that man when it gets freezing cold. You know, when we get to like November, December in Green Bay, it's going to be terrible. Terrible. So yeah, that's terrible. something to look forward to as well. Look Boys, forward. Look forward to it. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe I have the lockiest of locks for the NFC North, and that's Justin Jefferson. Your boy Jetta. I got to him first. You can't have him. He's Shame. currently going as the 106 in your redraft leagues as the wide receiver two. He improved on his rookie season, finishing as the wide receiver four last year with 1,616 yards and 10 touchdowns. He saw 167 targets last year. That is a tremendous amount. Mm -hmm. Just volume, volume, volume. 
uh, lock him up for another 160 plus this year. He was also really consistent. He only had one bust game all year last year. It was week eight where he only scored 4.1. Um, like I was saying, consistency is something you want out of your first round picks. You don't really want those kind of feast or famine guys. You're looking for a guy who gives you consistent production week in, week out. He gave you at least double digit, um, double digit games every week of the season, except for that one. He also had seven great games, which I counted as games with 20 points or more, seven of those. And it could have almost been nine because he had two other games with 19 and change. So he's a generational talent, as Wayne has mentioned, 150 times in the past. And he currently has the most receiving yards of any player in NFL history through his first two seasons. So this guy's locked in. Go ahead and take him if he falls to you there. If you don't get your running back in the first round, and you'll feel good about it. No arguments. No arguments. Uh, LSU in college had him and Chase and Terrace Marshall on the same team, and they dominated that year. And Joey what? B. Joey B. Set the record, didn't he? Didn't he set the record for touchdowns? He might have. I, I don't know. I'm not he sure. Begley's are Begley was supposed to be a resident. Uh, well, hang tight, I'll tell you. Yeah, college football guy. I know yeah. it's surprising to all you to to the mad mob out there um, listening yeah. to what Begley has to say about the NFL and everything, but he's actually very knowledgeable when it comes to college. Very. Well, very I don't know whether to say thank you or tell you to go screw yourself, Wayne, after that. But uh, thanks, man. Appreciate <laughs> it. And Either. Joe Burrow is, does have the record for most touchdown passes in the season, which is sixty. Do you guys I, – I, I'm just doing this off the top of my head, but do you know who he beat out for that record off the top of your head? Unless you're looking at it, Beggs. Uh, I'm not looking at it. Um, I'm going to say uh, – wow. My first thought was – Is it passing like, touchdowns? Just, passing touchdowns, correct. It's probably something weird like uh, – like, Oh gosh, who was that old USC quarterback? Failed miserably. Liner. Matt Leinart. That's who I was thinking. I'm I'm gonna say like an arid guy, man. I'm gonna go like uh, Texas Tech, Washington State, like a Baker Mayfield, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. I'm I'm gonna go with let's go Kyler Murray. Final answer. Uh, I would have to research it, but I believe it was Colt Brennan, Hawaii, out of Hawaii. Colt Brennan. Okay. Let's see. Just a name I, I, I remember, remember from way Hawaii back. was my team on the old college game days. Man, fire jerseys too. Oh, yeah. That's why they were my team. Uh, I will tell you guys here in one second. Hang tight. It While is... we're hanging tight for this answer, did you know Derrick Henry broke somebody's helmet with a stiff arm this week in training camp? God. I believe it. His stiff arms are like anything. That's like, not Unlike a joke. anything I've ever seen. That's not a joke. I'm reading it right now. Derrick Henry broke a teammate's helmet with a stiff arm. That's was the guy's skull fractured? Uh, I don't know what he did. I don't know if he like ripped the dude's face mask clean off and stripped every screw holding that into the helmet or just, just palmed this dude's head. And I, I don't know. It's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry does his stiff arms weird, too. It's not the traditional, like, you know, the guy's coming in and just gives you a little quick hit, you know, and throws you away. He, like, lets you get into him, so he gets all the torque behind it and just drives you into the ground. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. He, it's he's, he's trying to make you retire. Yeah. 
Would Would you rather meet AJ Dillon in a gap, or would you rather get a Derrick Henry stiff arm on the sideline? I, I'd probably rather stand in the middle of the highway. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Fair enough. Uh, Colt Brennan was second with fifty-eight. Colt Brennan. All right, the old June Jones running shoot. The man, the myth, the Brennan. All right. My lock is the other half of the backfield in Green Bay, Aaron Jones. Um, His ADP is at 21, which puts him as the RB11. Uh, If you've listened to my running back rankings, which of course have changed because we did that back in May, Um, Aaron Jones is, uh, I still believe he's going to be a top running back. So they've got him finishing as the RB11 this year. Uh, He actually finished as the RB11 last year as well. Um, Injury still, he missed a few games. Um, This offense isn't going to stall under Aaron Rodgers. Uh, The only thing that I'm seeing for Aaron Jones, last year he only got four touchdowns. He finished 31st among running backs in touchdowns and still pulled a running back 11 finish. Um, There's no way – that he just does four touchdowns again. Uh, Devontae Adams obviously sucked up a lot of those touchdowns. Um, I think those go up um, as well as his yards. I mean, his attempts in general, um, I think RB11 is an absolute lock with a ceiling of RB5. Yeah, I'm with you. Wait, I'm going to ask you, man. Uh, first of all, I, love, I totally agree with the pick. Super high on Aaron Jones. I know Goni's had a little different opinion. Are you comfortable taking Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the same fantasy team? Uh, me, I've never been like that. I don't I don't okay. like to put all my eggs in one basket. Uh, I would never do that. Um, I won't do it with, you know, uh, I think this year in our, from a redraft perspective, that's a good question. Uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon or Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the most, um, they're going to, they're slated to output the most. And I don't want them as my RB one or RB two. That being said, if I had you know Aaron Jones and Melvin Gordon as my RB two, or Aaron Jones and Kareem Hunt as my RB two, I'm fine with that. I just hate putting all my eggs in in that in one basket. It's kind of like I don't want Jamar Chase and T Higgins. I don't want Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You know, you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't want one twos on the same team. You limit your upside by. <laughs> If you pigeonhole yourself into having having to play them every week, like I don't really have a problem with taking Javante and Melvin Gordon because of the vast difference in cost for both of those guys. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are going to be a little closer to each other in cost towards the, you know, beginning of the draft, really first few rounds. So I mean, you you don't want to have to play them both every week because you're limiting your upside. Regardless, I mean, you're gonna. You don't want to live or die by a backfield, kind of how Wayne was saying as well. So that's just for me. I've come around on Aaron Jones though a little bit since we did the the rankings. I still don't love him a whole lot, but I am big on his receiving ability and just the, how much the receptions are going to play a factor into his uh, finish this year. Only four touchdowns. That's what killed me. Is he finished as an RB one last year? Only four touchdowns. Yeah, yeah he'll get some positive regression. Um, some positive regression. Wouldn't you yep. just call that progression? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Okay. I don't yeah. know. That's what Begley. Do you have an opinion on that? Wordsmith. Say that again for me. 
said he'll have some positive regression going from four to something more towards his average, maybe a six, seven. Well, you got to remember, like I said, Devontae is leaving 28 reds on targets. No, 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 no. No, I don't want your opinion on that. I want your opinion on what he said. Would you say there's some progression or positive regression? Yeah, I mean, regression can go either way. Like, you can oh, regress okay. to the mean. Okay. Uh, I'm up for a sake. Yeah, let's go. There we go. Oh, my gosh. On Hang on. Wayne, Wayne's trying to get me and everything, so and I'm pretty sure more. it was the correct Ooh. term. I'm sticking by it. I appreciate it, Biggs, for giving your honest opinion. The savings. I, would, I would call positive regression. Yeah, regression. Yeah. In a positive manner. Yeah. Story checks out. Okay. Wayne just Googled it. He found out. No, 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 no. I, you all are going to see whenever we play this back. I like uh, I have ESPN up, and you know how ESPN loves to just like randomly blare ads through a computer. Computer. So that's that's Mad Mob. That's what you were hearing over them talking just now. Oh, cool. But nice. I'm, I assure you, the ad was probably a lot more entertaining than than whatever Goni was saying at the time. It was something along the, the the lines of Wayne being wrong about somebody's getting free advertisement on our podcast, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go into our overvalues. Begs, who you got? Uh, Demo David Montgomery, ADP of 35, running back 17. Uh, running back 17 will be his best finish, aside from his fourth place uh, year in 2020. <laughs> aside from his top five finish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but he's only had one. He's only had one top five in three years. I mean, by any any website you look at, the Bears projected a bottom five offensive line. Um, you know, last year he ranked thirty fourth in the league at seeing stack boxes, which is just how often you see a six man front on average. The Bears losing Allen Robinson, adding no offensive weapons, Fields looking mediocre last year. I don't see how Chicago doesn't see more heavier fronts this year. I think people are going to dare Fields to beat them over the top. Um, I just I don't love David Montgomery's running um, opportunities this year as much as I did last year. I think they're going to be worse opportunities. That's what I'm trying to say. So uh, Bears Insiders also projected it to be more of a committee this year. Uh, new offensive coordinator Luke Getze comes from Green Bay, uh, which, as we know, they utilize Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I don't think the split's going to resemble anything like it did in Green Bay, but I do think Herbert is going to eat into David Montgomery's workload. You know, he was a bell cow essentially his first two, three years in the league, really the last two years, but he kind of picked up on the on the back end of his first year. Uh, Herbert looked great last year when we replaced David Montgomery with the injury. He ran for 350 yards in four games. Uh, he did lose all of his work when Demo came back, but the word was I was kind of due to some pass protection issues. I think with an offseason of film uh, and some work, we'll see a Herbert kind of improve in the pass game, which will which will hurt David Montgomery. I think Matt Nagy leaving Chicago, um, I think it'll hurt David Montgomery's stock. We really don't know what, what we're going to get, but we do know that, that Lou Getze has come out and said that he really wants to maximize uh, Justin Fields' strengths. Uh, that's an outside run, uh, zone run scheme. They're going to try to get Justin Fields out of the pocket, get him thrown on the run a little more. That's where he excelled last year. Uh, that scheme fits closer to Herbert's skill set than David Montgomery's. You know, he's a north-south guy, not really an east-west. Uh, and I think it really kind of limits his receiving upside. Um, you know, in his fourth-place finish in 2020, I think he had like 52 targets or 52 receptions out of the backfield on 60 targets. Uh, I do expect that to go down this year. Um 
I think the last concern I've got is the Bears' defense, man. They're going to be bad. Uh, the Bears are just going to be a horrible team, kind of in general. I see them playing from behind a lot. I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm just not high. I'm not, I'm not high on David Montgomery at all this year, man. Who do you think will be the goal line back out of the two, though? I think it'll, I think it'll be Montgomery. But so he might cede some of the passing work to Khalil Herbert and eat into the carries and whatnot. But I think you know he'll get the goal line work as well. David Montgomery is kind of like a hero to some guys just because when he did have that fourth place finish, I remember going into the playoffs, he tore it up. He absolutely won people leagues. Wayne over here, he, he it's just, you know, when you do something like that, you leave a good lasting memory that could be booing his ADP. But at the same time, like, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind to have him in the flex or something. I, I don't think that's, you know, bad at all. No, the thing yeah. with David Montgomery is uh, the whole offensive line and stack box, like he's he's been facing the same thing when he when he had his fourth place finish in fantasy, his offensive line was ranked. 20th at the end of the year they were 23rd last year and he was fine he he's done nothing but run behind a terrible offensive line so that's that's nothing that's new to him this year uh i, I don't know i don't think he's overvalued what did you say was the rb 17 uh that's correct i'm i'm not mad about him as my rb2 yeah i i'm like goni i'd rather have him in my flex right now he's a he's an rb2 i I think he sees more stack boxes. He didn't see many stack boxes last year. I think he's going to see a lot more. I, I just think it's uh, it's just going to have a lot more uh, impediments to the run game, I guess what I'm saying, right? I mean, take away Allen Robinson. People are going to really be able to key in uh, and put that extra defender in the box, man. Yeah, yeah, but then you got to think that defender on the box, is they anybody going against the Bears this year, they're going to be a lot more guys that are zoned in on Justin Fields. Their assignment is Justin Fields. Um, they have a mobile quarterback, a quarterback that's going to scramble and try and run. So he might see uh, an extra player or two in the box, but you got to think one of those guys is always going to be – one of those linebackers, linebackers is almost always going to be keyed on Fields. I agree, I, and I, I think that that hurts Montgomery. Uh, just like we know Lamar vultures a lot of points away from his running backs in, in Baltimore. Uh, scrambling quarterbacks, they also don't check the ball down very often. We know that. And I mean, look, Montgomery's like, he's a volume guy, man. Like, he was had 80% opportunity share last year, which was fourth. Snap share of 75%, which was second amongst all running backs. He's, he's just, he's on the field a lot. I think that gets tailored back this year. They're going to introduce Herbert more. They let Tariq Cohen go. They're familiar with her, or they're comfortable with Herbert. They didn't bring on any free agents. He just uh, over. This is his fourth year in the league, man. He can't. He can't keep up that kind of volume. And the offensive line, I think, is worse now than what it's ever been since he's been there. This is a bottom five unit in the league, and it's not close. TBD. TBD. See how it goes. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't really mind him too much. But either way, moving on, sir. I have my overvalued pick. I have Amon Ross St. Brown. Currently Surprising. going at the 605. I know, I know. 605 is the ADP as the wide receiver 27. Right now in the fantasy community, we're seeing you know a lot of mixed reviews based on the last six games of last year. We have some people who rode with him to a championship like Wayne and I, and we see that and it looks good. 
you have other people who don't believe in it. Maybe it was just a flash in the pan. So during that last six-game stretch, however, he was the number two wide receiver in all of fantasy behind only Cooper Cup. He averaged 25.1 points a game. He was awesome. He was great. It's a different year. We have different circumstances this year. So over that stretch, he didn't have Hawkinson. He didn't have Swift. And without those guys, they were the one and two targets all throughout the year. He was averaging 11 targets a game. It's going to come down for sure. He's not going to get 11 targets a game. You got to factor in. They brought in DJ Chark. Whatever you think about him, I know he's not a world beater. He, he never was. He probably never will be. But they paid him money to come there, play on the outside. They drafted, they traded up and drafted Jamison Williams, who's going to start out the season hurt, I understand. But he is the future there as their number one receiver, or at least that's the hope. So you have to see him coming in and getting some work. I mean, it's it's there's just a lot of factors going on right here. His target share coming down from 11, I, I think he can be valuable. I'm, I'm not saying he's not going to be nothing. There's just other guys in that area. This is one I'm willing to be wrong on uh, as an overvalue. So uh, personally, if you're, you're listening to me on this one, I suggest you take your shot on other guys near his ADP, such as an A.J. Dillon, a Darnell Mooney, a Rashad Bateman, or even a Gabe Davis. I, I just like to try and put my, mm-hmm. put my eggs in a different basket this year and – I'm willing to be wrong on it. What do you think, guys? It gets so tiring. You you look for any reason to plug Gabe Davis. It's exhausting. He's near the ADP, man. What it do, is exhausting. Listen, I, Begley, awesome. are you are you angry if Amon Ra is your WR two? No, you ain't happy though. You ain't happy. You're 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 lightweight, a little bit worried about it, man. If, if he's your wide receiver two, if he's our wide receiver two, we've got a loaded running back room. We may we may have got a, a top tight end as well. If he's our wide receiver too, I'm I'm not too worried about it. I mean, guy gets open. Go, he just he gets open. He beats coverage. Uh, I know I, I see what you're saying. Targets are going to go down. I agree that they will. Is a hundred targets out of the question for for a slot guy who just gets open over the course of a season? No, because you bring that down from 11 to, say, you could probably get there in, what, like seven, maybe seven a game or so. But uh, 100 targets is not going to be 100 catches coming from Jared Goff. And I I just I like the other options around him, uh, whether it be running back or wide receiver. That's really my only basis for going. It's a little risky. It's, It's risky for my like. And he just doesn't provide, you know, that home run kind of upside. He just PPR'd you to death last year. He didn't break monster plays regularly. Um, so that's all. That's all. It's just a risky play that I, I don't really want to mess with. I'll take my chance on someone else. Fair enough. Yeah, I I can't hate on it. I mean, I, I, I totally get the viewpoint. I think he's solid, but, uh, but I, I understand the logic. My overvalue, um, I'm not a hundred percent confident in. Um, I'm just so I'm, I'll just come out and say it. It's Adam Thielen. His ADP is seventy-one. The wide receiver thirty. Um, so essentially a top flex play. Um, he's he's his ADP is WR thirty, and he finishes the WR twenty-eight last year. Uh, my thing is he only saw double-digit targets twice last year and only turned one of those games into double-digit receptions. Uh, 
Um, maybe three times. And but either way, he only had one game with double digit digit receptions. He's going to be 32 going into this year. Actually, turns 32 this month. Uh, and he stands in the absolutely gigantic shadow of Jay Jetta. Uh, he hasn't played a full season since 2018. Uh, so that's that's kind of my thing. Uh, and on top of that, they have an elite running back, um, which takes a good deal of the offensive snaps away. And when they do decide to pass the ball, guess who they're looking at? Um, is it is it possible for him to live up to his ADP? Yes. I just think it requires him to be healthy for the season, and that hasn't happened in four years, and I don't see that happening at, at age 32. Uh, that's that's my that's why I'm overvaluing him. You're gonna he he's not gonna finish as the WR30 when he's missing five six games a year, which is what I project him missing this year. Yeah, I mean, and really the next thing. The thing that stands out to me the most, really, is that he's kind of touchdown dependent, right? His targets have come down the last two years from 108 to 95, mm-hmm. receptions from 74 to 67. Yardage came down as well, but he scored 10 touchdowns last year and 14 the year before. This man is absolutely at his cliff. Double digit touchdowns. So it's just touchdowns. a matter of time. Yeah, Double it's just a matter of time until he falls and, off and his cliff. finishes the WR28. Is yeah. there anybody else in the league that had double-digit touchdowns and didn't finish as a starting wide receiver on a fantasy team? Doubtful. That's what I'm saying. I just there's there's no way uh, the the only the only way I see him living up to his ADP is an injury-free year, which just isn't going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Give me uh, look at the look at the pieces around him. Get Harris in New England, Smith Schuster, Goddard. Bateman, London, Hunt, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, every time. <laughs> I like those guys. You're the man, Beggs. Yeah, I'm with you. Plus, there's a new offense coordinator, a new new whole coaching regime, actually, right, in Minnesota. So we don't know what that's going to be anyway. So I agree, Wayne. I'm with you. Yeah, I just think it's more on the – I think Alexander Madison is a little bit more involved, which means the run game is a little bit more prevalent and, you know, just – whole lot of things not looking good for uh the old white guy the old white guy that that sums up the nfc or uh, yeah the nfc north uh we have the undervalues dark horse we haven't done the dark horse yes begley start us off amigo all right i'm gonna be a little bit quicker uh my dark horse is darnell mooney ADP is 70, wide receiver 29. I got to be honest here. I wasn't super high on Darnell Mooney until Goni kind of talked me into him earlier this year. Talked me in so much, I actually traded for him. So I put my money where my mouth is on Darnell Mooney. Uh, He's a pure volume play, man. I mean, you all know I expect the Bears offense to be bad. He was wide receiver 23 last year. Right now, his ADP has about wide receiver 29. I don't see any regression here. We know the Bears lost Allen Robinson. He got 140 targets last year. 150, 160 is not out of the realm. I don't think that they're good targets, but there are a lot of targets. Uh, he's the only option wide receiver in Chicago. They got a bunch of rookies. Byron Pringle uh, was brought in. Um, and then Equanimee is St. Brown's making some news right now. But these Vilis. Guys- Vilis Jones. Vilis. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I mean, look, it, it's his show, man. He's a top 25 separator versus man coverage. 
11th last year in route wins. The advanced metrics love this guy. He gets open a lot and Fields throws it to him a lot. Um, I'm hoping the TDs go up a little bit, and I'm hoping Fields improves on his accuracy, which probably won't happen. But if they can manage the game, use the play action effectively, we could get better targets from Mooney, uh, maybe get him closer to the 7-8 touchdown range. Yeah, I think I think with him getting uh, 160 targets, he's in line for at least 100 reception season, right? You'd have to figure that 100 he catches 100 balls is going his way. He yeah. gets targeted 160 times. So we've already talked about this plenty. It's, like you said, strictly volume. This man is going to be peppered with targets. He was the preferred target over Allen Robinson last year for Justin Fields. And it's just going to be they're playing from behind, as you mentioned before. Playing from behind, just chucking it, and we'll see some good things. Yep. Uh, I agree. I love it. Um, I, I love it probably even more than the guy that's picking it. Uh, I just I, I I have more faith in Justin Fields, so I I mean that's I think Darnell Mooney is a great dark horse. Um, I agree with every point you've made on the fact that he'll probably get um, a lot more targets, and I think his targets have a little bit higher quality this year. So yeah, I think I think Darnell Mooney, if you get him around his ADP, you're getting phenomenal value out of him. I agree with that completely. Yeah, this one's actually an easy segue to mine which is also a bear for my dark horse. It's tight end Cole commits. His ADP is currently at the 10.08 as the tight end 13. We've already mentioned that Allen Robinson is gone. He's vacating only 66 targets. I mean, it's nothing crazy, but it's still targets that have to go somewhere. Cole commit was in his second season last year with 93 targets. Usually sophomore tight ends don't see that kind of volume that early on in their career by any means. He also didn't score any touchdowns. He's due for some touchdowns this year. I mean, the chances of you going back-to-back with goose eggs is very, very low. Like we said, it's only him and Mooney in the passing game with the plethora of options Beggs named as far as Pringle, St. Brown, and Velas Jones. Gross. And I just love him for his his opportunity cost, really. You're looking in the 10th round. So, I mean, if you miss out on one of the tight ends that you like earlier on, whether it be like a Dalton Schultz or, you know, a Kittle, I don't know how high a lot of you guys might draft tight ends, but if you miss out on your first guy, he happens to go a few picks in front of you or anything like that, take a shot on Cole Komet. You're going to love the volume you see out of what he's going to give you this year, and he's going to PPR you to death, really. He's got an he's a lock to me for a tight end one. I think he's a top 12 without a doubt, which is not saying a lot because his ADP is 13, but he's easy, easy top 10. I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse because we've I've I've shown I've talked to y'all about Cole Komet already. I think that's a good pick. I think his I think his eight, we're going to slowly see his ADP go up a little bit. Um, luckily, hopefully it doesn't go up too much by the time my draft starts so I can get him at that ADP value. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I like it. Pure volume play. Yeah. Do you guys like, uh, David Njoku or Cole Komet? Cole Komet. Easy. Dwayne? Cole Komet. Even if Deshaun Watson were to play the full year? Cole Komet. Even. Deshaun Watson's never shown a big love for the tight ends. Jordan Aikens and whoever else they had there before Brevin Jordan um, didn't really do too much ever. Fair. Um, Fells. I think it was Darren Fells was his name. Yeah. Okay. Wayne, who you got, man? 
I'm going back to Green Bay. Um, my dark horse this year is Alan Lazard. Um, his ADP is 105. The WR 45 um, uh, puts you completely out of anybody's starting lineup. Um, listen, Aaron Rodgers, discount double check. Rodgers, Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best to ever do it. Uh, his WR1 is Alan Lazard this year, and his WR1 is going to yield fantasy relevance. I mean, there's just uh, that's just how it is. I mean, ever since Rodgers has been in the league, um, he hasn't had a wide – his WR1 on his team has not finished outside of the top 24 in receivers and fantasy. Uh, this year, it's not going to be any different. Uh, he's just uh, – so I looked back through um, – Aaron Rodgers, top receivers over his career. It's Devontae Adams a lot. He had some years with Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb. Um, there was one year that I was like, who is that guy? It was 2013. It was Jarrett Boykin. And I thought, why? when was this guy's WR1? Apparently in 2013, uh, Greg Jennings and Randall Cobb went down, and Jarrett Boykin had to start eight games. In those eight games, he had almost 700 yards receiving and three touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers is an MVP. You can't tell me that Aaron Rodgers' number one option in the air is going to finish outside of fantasy relevance. I just, I don't see, there's no, there's no, nobody that can convince me otherwise. He is absolutely going to be at top 36 at least. I mean, the fact that uh, you got to have faith in Aaron Rodgers. I understand that Alan Lazard is not a desirable name. But he is Aaron Rodgers' number one target. He's going to be fantasy relevant, period. Yeah, I agree, man. So somebody in Green Bay is going to, going to be good, right? I think Alan Lazard is the best chance of any of them. Um, so I, I totally agree. I think he's worth the flyer, especially that late in drafts. Uh, yeah. He'll return value for sure on his ADP. It's it's a great late round flyer, and like you said, Aaron Rodgers, you got to take whoever his number one's going to be. If you could really take any Hall of Famer's number one option in any given year for fantasy, you're going to do it. It's yep. it's going to pay off. So yeah, great pick. Yeah, yeah. Plus, Alan Rod, uh, Alan Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is gassing him up, man. He keeps talking about him in camp. Says he's hungry. Yeah, this is his year. Alan Lazard wants to get paid like everybody else is getting paid around him, and it's not very often that you get to you get to stare at your depth chart and see that you are a Hall of Fame quarterback's number one option. Yeah, and that was the only reason that's happening is everybody's left town, <laughs> so yep. he's got to take advantage, and he's he he knows he's got to take advantage to get paid. Yep, yep. I like the pick. All right, that rounds out. The NFC. Now we're going to swap on over to the AFC. Uh, Begley, give me your lock. Nicholas Fitzgerald Chubb is my lock. ADP of 15, RB9. Uh, you know, there was news today. Kareem Hunt walked off the practice field requesting a trade. I'm sorry if that bursted your bubbles, Wayne. I know you were counting on a really sick segue later on. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But, uh, I mean, we were all going to go through our locks and then we were going to go through our overvalues and then we were going to hit it. So people were going to forget about it by then, but thanks for bringing attention to it. There we go. Segways. So a, we may finally get to see <laughs> Nick Chubb be on the field more and B, he might actually catch passes this year. 
which is everybody knows the only two holes in this game. I saw Bill Barnwell put out a stat. He's a writer for ESPN. Against a loaded box, the average bat gains 3.7 yards per carry. Nick Chubb versus a loaded box, 6.9. He's an absolute animal. And with Deshaun Watson being suspended right now for six games, teams are not going to respect Jacoby Brissett. Uh, it's, he's going to see a loaded box, and he really doesn't care. He's going to go ahead and eat anyway. He's 1,100 yards, 8 TD kind of floor kind of guy. Any sort of uptick in the passing game, uh, any sort of uptick in carries, Nick Chubb's about as lock as you're going to get for me. Yeah, you get that man in on third down or in the fourth quarter, you know, whenever they're behind or just the, all the goal line work, you're you're going to see good things happen. We already know he's one of the best running backs, pure running backs in the mm-hmm. league. And this is the receiving game and third down work is really what's preventing him from being one of the elite guys at the top end of drafts, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I've, so. I've been singing Nick Chubb's praises from the beginning. Uh, I like I like that as a lock. I think uh, honestly, I think his ceiling is higher than where he's at. So I, I think you're definitely getting value at his ADP. Yep, I agree. I'd be what curious if his ADP goes up anymore with the Kareem Hunt news. The uh, we've got, a, we've got about a month left until the season or so. So I mean, I feel like there will probably have to be more substantial development for the ADP to be boosted up, you know, dramatically, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little little uptick, a few spots. Yeah. But hey, uh my next lock is Mark Andrews. I feel like this is an absolute easy one. Take it to the bank. He's going at the two oh five in drafts as the tight end two. He dethroned Travis Kelsey last year as the tight end king after a five year reign. Travis Kelsey ruled the tight end spot for five straight years, which is ridiculous. He had uh, 107 receptions on 154 targets. He had over 1,300 yards, scored nine touchdowns. What changed? Ravens traded Hollywood away. It's just him, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, James Proche. It, I mean, there's just not a lot of options there. They're expected to run the ball a whole lot, but you're going to have to pass at some point, and there's just not a lot of mouths to feed there. I don't see him getting any less than another 150 to 160 targets. And regardless, Lamar has shown that Andrews is the preferred option in the passing game no matter who's there. So this one's easy to me. If you like going for your tight ends early, second round early, he's going to compete for that number one spot again this year. Easy lock, and if you're a Mark Andrews owner, you want to hope that Lamar gets hurt so Tyler Huntley can come in because he ate off Tyler Huntley last year. Actually did more work off Huntley than Lamar. Well, fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, yeah, it's a lock. I, don't, I think Lamar, he's, that's his only option. Red zone, yep. Mark Andrews, and everybody knows it, and nobody can do anything about it. So I, I look for him to just not only get a lot of receptions this year, but just get an absolute stupid amount of touchdowns. Yep, agreed. Uh, yeah, my lock, and this is the lockiest of locks, uh, I'm picking Jamar Chase. His ADP is 8, WR3. Number one guy on a prolific offense. He, he shared the ball a lot. 
and still managed to get WR5 last year. Uh, this uh, interesting stat that I looked up for him, um, he received 12 pass attempts um, when uh, the Bengals were in the red zone, and all 12 of them were in the end zone. Uh, so when they're looking to throw into pay dirt, when they're close, they're throwing it to Jamar Chase every single time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's third. Uh, he was third in, in touchdowns last year, uh, yet 22nd in target share. So I'm looking for – that just shows you that uh, he's not getting a lot of – all his targets are, are important targets. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the only way I know how to put it. Uh, so I look for his his output to increase outside of the red zone, but still keeping that red zone prevalency. Uh, I, I just see him, and that's that's just him going from WR5 to a WR3 um, to lock him out at that. So 12 for 12 uh, for red zone to end zone uh, pass attempts, uh, 22nd in target share last year and still finishing as, as the WR5. Uh, five, which me and Begley were talking about this earlier today, and that you know uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, you know, kind of outscored each other game after game. One game would be T, one game would be Jamar, one game would be T, one game Jamar, um, and he still finished uh, as the WR five. Uh, I think he, I think he commands a lot more. I think T struggles to outscore him this year. I think he's the guy there. Everybody knows it, um, and he's going to play more of that starter role. Um, this year, which which makes him a lock at that WR three spot. Man, I, I did everything in my power to try to look at Jamar Chase as my uh, overvalue, and I, it's not there, man. This guy's legit. It's a great pick. I think he's the closest thing we have to Randy Moss, man. Like he he, he doesn't get a lot of separation. He doesn't get a lot of separation. He's not blown by anybody. He's not route running people to death. He's just catching the ball in your freaking face and then spiking in the end. <laughs> he's a super elite at doing it. Love Jamar Chase. He's he's just a phenomenal athlete, man. The the name of the game for him last year was efficiency, is what I think you're looking for on that one, Wayne. He he did what he did. He didn't have a million targets. T. Higgins had more targets than he did, and honestly, it's just because he was a rookie. So generally, when a guy with that much draft capital goes into his second year they always see more targets than they did the rookie year so highly expect that to go up he will be getting the lion's share from joe burrow t higgins will probably regress a little as far as the targets go and he's just a beast like beg said he's just gonna jump over guys he's gonna run by guys he's gonna do all the things he needs to do so yeah take it to the bank monster Big, so you got for your overvalue out of the AFC. I'm going to take a page out of Goni's playbook, and I'm going to hedge my bets here. And I'm going to say I'm not totally sold on this guy. I'm okay to be wrong here. This is more of a gut play for me. But it's Deontay Johnson, ADP of 39, wide receiver 13. So just a hair out of wide receiver one range. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm worried about pittsburgh man i'm just concerned right i mean right now they're saying that rudolph's giving trubisky everything he wants in camp kenny pickett's a distant third but we don't know who the quarterback's going to be we probably won't know until week one you know if it's trubisky the first bad game he's going to have you're going to have a thousand drunken yinzers up in pittsburgh shaking their yinglings and saying put kenny pickett in the game 
I just think it's going to be kind of a cancerous situation in Pittsburgh this year. He had 170 targets last year and was wide receiver eight. No way he gets 170 targets this year. I think I think the offense changes. It's going to be more run first. Uh, I think they have to be to protect the quarterbacks. I think they're going to lean more on the more on the play action passing. I mean, Wayne, you give me a look, but Mitch Trubisky hasn't thrown the ball 600 times this year like Ben did last year. Trubisky's never thrown the ball 600 times a year, ever. It's not going to happen. They drafted George Pickens. You had the emergence of Frymouth last year. I'm, I'm a little concerned about just the total distribution of targets in Pittsburgh's offense. But uh, as a whole, man, I, I'm kind of worried about Pittsburgh in general. I'm fading most Pittsburgh players. I mean, uh, you you prefaced that one with saying that you, you don't want to be wrong. So I, I can't really absolutely destroy you on this one by any means. It's just... On the upside, he's a guy that I'm. I'm also. I'm a little on the fence on. It kind of depends who's around him. I don't really know who's around him right now, but Trubisky. Trubisky's had a history of kind of just hyper targeting his number one. We've talked about it plenty of times before. Allen Robinson finished at wide receiver seven, wide receiver nine in that terrible Chicago Bears offense. So if he feels like Deontay is going to be that guy, then Deontay could be that guy. He's got the talent for it. It, it's just, and talk, like you said, what do you, what are you going to get out of the offense? And but talk about I, a cancerous situation playing I in Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah, but but to be fair, there's more talent in Pittsburgh now, by far more talent than there was in Chicago. Claypool, which I know he's had his woes, but he's he's still probably more talented than Anthony Miller, who was Chicago's too. Right, you draft George Pickens, you got Fryermuth, you have Najee. Chicago was with Jordan Howard, I think, and with Montgomery's backup. Yep. I like Pittsburgh's talent more. I think I think they will spread the ball around a little more. I think Trubisky kind of had to hyper target Allen. It's by far and away their best weapon in Chicago. And That's Deontay's weird. a good receiver. He, he gets open. I just don't think he gets 170 targets. I don't think he's a fringe wide receiver one. I think he's more of a mid to back end wide receiver two. Uh, I'll just I'll, I'll I'll move on by saying I disagree. Heavily. Oh wow! Get the short wow, and sweet. Wow, uh, man! You gotta tell us why. I guess uh, my why is coming up when it's my turn. Do you want me to skip Goni for this one, and then Goni will go back to you, and then we'll start from scratch? Oh yeah, yeah. If you're if you're directly going against my, him, my with overvalue yours. this year is Najee Harris. Uh, he's he's his ADP is nine. He's RB six. Uh, Najee is a strictly volume player. We all know his uh, his advanced analytics suck. I mean, his yards per rush suck. His yards against stack boxes suck. Uh, the offense, yeah, probably takes a step back this year. He had a combined 10 touchdowns last year. That's going to drop. 74 receptions, that's going to drop. Mitch Trubisky is not known for dumping the ball off like Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he had 1,200 yards rushing. That's going to take a hit. Uh, he's just He's a high-volume back that displayed poor running ability behind a bad offensive line with a bad quarterback. Is he going to yield an RB1 status again? Absolutely not. Uh, my thing is, RB1, you're right. He might back-end RB1 at best, and that's strictly high-volume potential. But my thing is, uh, so Najee got hyper-targeted yeah, last year by ben, dump it down Ben Roethlisberger. I, as much as it is weird to say, because Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer, 
He sucked. Mitch Trubisky is not far off of Ben Roethlisberger's twilight year. I think Mitch Trubisky is not going to dump the ball off nearly as much to Najee Harris, which is going to take a hit to Najee Harris, and he's going to throw the ball out to his receivers more because that's what he's always done. I think that benefits Deontay Johnson more, and I think that hurts Najee Harris. I think the offense takes a, a slight step back, but I think some of those Najee Harris targets he was getting from Ben are now sent out to Deontay keeping him well in and relevant back in WR1 top end WR2 status. Man, maybe, maybe. I this might be my my Tomlin's first lo- losing year. Nah, can't happen. He'll find a way. TJ Watt's going to have like 24 sacks this year, man, that, just that to defense, make it happen. That defense is so good. That defense good. is so good. The offense doesn't have to do as much. I just, I, dude. You know, Ben Roethlisberger was dog water last year, right? And I mean, he he's a dog water human, and he was a dog water quarterback last year. But he, but the mental game is there. You know, the reading coverage is pre-snap. That's what Trubisky doesn't bring. But he it doesn't matter playing, because playing I could behind Josh Allen for a year. I could read. I could read all. I mean, if you gave me all the knowledge, but I don't have the arm to do anything with the knowledge. Then what's it mean? He didn't have Peyton the arm Manning. to do anything. He he he, he duck balled it to Najee Harris half the time. He, he, he there was one game where he did that quite a lot. I I think some of that too is you know Pittsburgh's going to scheme to get Najee one on one against linebackers. You know I think he's I think him and Deontay are by far their best players. So they'll be creative in ways to get him the ball. He just they're not going to throw the ball six hundred times this year. It's not going to happen. And, and Najee's not going to get 94 targets by any means. He's not going to touch 70-plus receptions. Their offense is going to take a step back. And Every, it's even uh, been, been said, Najee said it himself, that he's not going to be handling the ball so much this year. It's part of their game plan to kind of get other running backs involved and preserve him a little bit because they absolutely used the crap out of dude, him last 1,200 year. yards on 3.9 yards per carry. That's disgusting efficiency. It's the worst in history. It's disgusting. For a getting to twelve hundred yards. It's the worst in history. And if you're taking away his receiving work, his PPR work that really buoyed him, he's not. He's he's back end run RB one, and it's still even then pure volume. Ten touchdowns. It combined ten touchdowns last year, receiving mm-hmm. and uh, rushing. I don't see that again. I mean, maybe he keeps. You know the six seven rushing, but uh, say goodbye to the res- to the receiving touchdowns. I totally agree. I'm saying Najee as well. Begs, you'll like this one. You'll definitely like this mm-hmm. one. Uh, my overvalue is Amari Cooper. He is currently going at the five oh seven as the wide receiver twenty two. So back end wide receiver two. We all know he got traded to Cleveland this year. We all know Deshaun Watson is suspended for at least six games. The NFL is not happy with that, and they put in an appeal to the judge to try and get more games, preferably a season is what they're looking for. And so that leaves Jacoby Brissett as the current starting quarterback. I looked into it, and Brissett is terrible. 
he does not <laughs> he does not support fantasy wide receivers by any means. He's never supported a wide receiver too. Um the best finish that he's ever had from a wide receiver was T.Y. Hilton in 2017 as the wide receiver 27. Somewhere along the lines of 900-plus yards and four touchdowns. I mean, Cooper's just getting older as well. He was kind of fading a little bit the last couple years in Dallas. And, I mean, I just kind of like other guys that are in his ADP range, guys like Mike Williams, Elijah Mitchell, Hollywood, Dalton Schultz, Allen Robinson, Brandon Cooks. Every last one of those guys has higher upside and a better chance of consistency to me than Amari Cooper does. I, I just don't want to be chasing those uh, 18 to 20 point game here and then a six and an eight and a four and a three and then an 18 here. And I don't want that. I want no part of that. And when you're talking about in the fifth round, that's a guy that you want to draft where who's going to bring value to your team because that's an important piece still that early in the draft. So stay away from Amari Cooper. Yeah, dude, he's awful. He's uh, Mark Cooper is terrible, man. He he is the if he had a work ethic, he'd be he'd be unbelievable. But he just disappears, and he'll mope for two drives, be a non-threat. He's a, he's extremely overrated. Good riddance. With the suspension, yeah, it's rough. Uh, I I feel like he's got a decent ceiling, but he's he's dangerous. I just uh, like you said some of the players you named I'm I'd rather take them than take a chance on Amari's ceiling um especially you know not knowing the situation with Deshaun Watson because the fact that the NFL's catching a lot of flack right now for him getting a million sexual assault allegations and only getting a six game suspension uh, meanwhile, Calvin Ridley's suspended a year for betting $1500 on his team to win in a game he wasn't playing um, that's that's just wrong. That's flat out wrong. I mean, the the judge got it wrong. I I still think I still think that the outcome changes. Um, but even missing um, Deshaun Watson for a third of the year is not good for Amari's fantasy relevance. Um, he terrifies me. He's got a decent ceiling, but this year he he terrifies me. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't like him at all. Avoiding like to play. Hey, really quick sidebar. I don't want to draw the whole show. Nothing's been proven against Deshaun. They're just allegations. But that's but but the NFL has shown time and time again it doesn't have to be proven. If it's an issue of any sort that goes to court, then uh, that's how it is. I Zeke mean, Zeke was a perfect example. He 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 was proven innocent and he got six games. Bro, he ripped a girl's top down at a at a parade. Do you remember that? No, I thought that absolutely was just thrown and like he was innocent. Was that for real? There was proof. I saw it. No, what he's talking about, there's a video of it. Yeah. But he was innocent. He was innocent of it because he came through and he was like, she told me to do it. So I did it. Oh. Because they were at like a they were at like a parade where everybody was doing this and he was like, You pull it and she was like, You do it. And he was like, Okay. So that's why he was innocent. Is that it was like she literally told me to do it, so I did it. Yeah. All right. Bad information on my end. My bad. Uh, that's why I got to refer to the Cowboys fan. Yeah, but. listen. I, I'm the czar of all off the field issues. Being a Cowboys fan, I, I don't know, man. Like you know, anybody can can accuse anybody of anything, but if it's not proven, it's but just when you that. got sixty of them things coming out, dude, I don't. That, 
that and the other thing about it is I, I remember at the beginning of all this, he was saying that he wasn't going to settle with any of them. The truth is going to come out and he's going to be proven innocent. And that man has settled with all of them except for like one or two. So, yeah. uh, like you said, he's not proven guilty, but it looks very bad. It, if you were, if you had ever given Deshaun Watson a massage in your entire lifetime, you're definitely coming forward right now and claiming your free money, right? Yeah, you hop on the train, I'm sure. So, you know, a, a little bit of it's that, right? It's got to be some money grabbing, which I can't blame him. Yeah, but if he's settling with them, he could just go to court outright with a lot of them if they're not true and they're just hopping on the train and just not have to pay anything. He's like, here, take this check from me and go away. But, bro, if, the, if these women had proof, you would, A, see, see it or hear about it. It, this would already be a done deal. Maybe I, I'm not a defense lawyer. I'm not a judge. I don't. I'm just I, saying. I, I'm just I, I, echoing I the sentiments. Yeah, I don't want to turn into a whole thing. I was just, I was just curious. Yeah, we could go into that. I, I have something I wanted to add to it, but I'm not going to do it because it opens up another can that I don't feel like dealing with. Uh, it's for another episode. Um, we are on to dark horses. Dark horse. Dark yeah. horses begs. Who, who's your AFC North dark horse? I want to stay with the Brownies and go with Donovan Peoples-Jones. His ADP is 220, which means never drafted, and he's like wide receiver, 1 million. So, you know, we know about Kareem Hunt, but today actually kind of under the radar, Anthony Schwartz, who was their uh, wide receiver drafted last year, limped off with a lower body injury. They're thinking it's pretty serious, uh, which just leaves Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Bell, and Amari Cooper, uh, anybody of note on the depth chart. You know, I think there's a chance that he develops into the Will Fuller kind of role um, that he played, that Will played in Texas with Deshaun. Um, it's kind of the deep threat. You know, he's a down-the-field guy almost exclusively. He doesn't work underneath at all. Amari um, is an underneath target. I think there's good synergy there. Word around campus, he and Deshaun are pretty good rapport. I know Deshaun's missing six games. This is a guy that I'm drafting in the penultimate round. I'm stashing. <laughs> Maybe there's a chance that uh, I think I get where I know there's a chance maybe he comes through for me in a, in a late playoff push. Again, it's just the flyer. Uh, but with at 220, I, I think as a wide receiver too, with good rapport, Deshaun, he's got a chance. Yeah, I mean it, it's a late round. It's the latest of flyers going at 220. I I, I have no idea even what that is, but. Yeah, I mean, you're taking a shot. Maybe he pans out as as the deep threat here and there. You probably won't see a whole lot of consistency because if you referred to my research as Jacoby Brissett, he is not good. But you 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 might hit some good games. He might be the deep down ball, you know, downfield threat. And really, it's a guy to look into. Like you said, stash him. See if anything becomes of it. I, I don't hate on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that would be uh, two twenty is around eighteen if you go that high in a twelve man league. Wow, what mostly stop what fifteen or sixteen? Fifteen, sixteen, sixteen. Think, yeah, place. fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Begs, anything to add, or do you want me to move on? No, I like it. I mean, it's, uh, I, I'm kind of this. My guy is kind of the same as Begs in that it, he's outside the draft. Um, so uh, yeah, you're getting anybody that you don't have to draft. You can pick up at the waiver wire after the draft. Um, if they give you any sort of value, 
mint. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mine is a little further in than yours. Uh, my dark horse is Rashad Bateman. No, I was poo-pooing on the passing game. I was talking up Mark Andrews. I looked into it, though. He's going 706 as the wide receiver 33. So back in wide receiver three-ish. He's the new number one in Baltimore after Hollywood's departure. Begs his favorite player in the whole league or that's ever lived. <laughs> He's leaving behind 145 targets. They're... I'm not saying that, you know, Lamar and the Ravens passed the ball a whole lot, but 145 targets is 145 targets. Even if he scoops up 110, wait, wait, 120, wait, what are we waiting on? Oh, he's typing things in. Yep. 145 targets is indeed 145 targets. Oh, you are correct. Yes, Matt checks out. Ching. Yep. yep. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, in, in the games that he saw eight or more targets last year, which was four of them, he averaged 13.5 points per game on those in PPR leagues, which is pretty decent for your flex spot. He only scored a touchdown, just one last year. So he has a probability of scoring a couple more this year. Maybe give him, you know, three or four, and that'll boost his points up. And uh, just some other guys that I don't really know if I would love as much going around his ADP. Ken Walker. Juju, Drake London, Devonta Smith, Corderell Patterson, and Tony Pollard. Uh, I just, it's a volume play similar to Beggs' with Darnell Mooney. If he sees 120 targets or more, sign me up. It's a seventh round pick. I, I like that for my flex spot. Yeah, kind of odd to hear you say that. You're normally against volume, but um, yeah, I, I like it. I, I do think it's a good volume play. He, I, I think he plays a very different role than Hollywood. You know, he's not quite the deep threat. Um, I think for me, I might take Juju over Bateman just for taking a flyer on Kansas City's offense, rolling with the Hall of Famer. But uh, I can't, I can't hate to pay. Yeah, I mean, if he gives you, you know, matchup flex play ability, then pretty good value, Adam. What is he? Round seven? Yeah, round seven. Yeah. Seven oh six, middle yeah. of the seventh. He he's definitely got a he's definitely got an upside. I mean that's what we're that's what we're yeah. all about here. I mean, um, he's the only receiving option there. So I mean he's got to have some value. I don't. Yeah, have, something's got to come of it. So, something's got to happen for receivers in Baltimore. I don't know what's got to happen, but something's got to happen. Something's got to happen. And we'll just we'll we'll roll right into to my dark horse, which is the darkest of horses. And this it, is Gerald Everett. Dark. Huh? It's, well, well, it's Gerald not, Everett was a great pick, by the way. It's not Gerald Everett. My lord, I'm not that bad. Weak. Uh, I'm going with Dearness Johnson. His ADP is 256, which wow. for those of you keeping count at home is round 21, which means lower than mine. Never be drafted. RB 73. Wow. Uh, and listen, so so I'm looking at um, this Kareem Hunt news. He's missed the past two practices. He returned to practice today and left early. Um, he wants his he wants his money. He only signed a two year twelve million dollar deal, which is pennies these days um, for a, a running back that sees the field. Um, if I'm the Browns, I'm kind of like, hey man, we got you at we got you at a sticky situation. You know, it could have been 
uh, a situation where you never saw the field again and we gave you that shot so they might just be you know kind of like ride with us my guy because we helped you out um so i'm we all know he's a number three behind kareem hunt and nick chubb um and obviously the news of like i if kareem's gone he's got instant fantasy value but i'm looking at him from I'm, i'm not trying to just bank on that so what I did was I looked at how we did without Kareem in the spot of Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, depending on injuries, because uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both missed some games last year. Um, so he ended up getting 5.3 yards per carry on 100 attempts. So there were two games last year where both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb did not play. And in those two games, uh, Dearness Johnson combined for 245 yards rushing nine receptions for 36 yards and a touchdown. When he was the primary back, no Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, which is phenomenal numbers, right? So then I was like, okay, so in an injury case, he's an immediate fill-in to your starting lineup. But then I'm like, okay, well, if there's Kareem Hunt issues and he's got to take the Kareem Hunt role, let's see how that is. And he did play a game um, in place of Kareem Hunt where Kareem Hunt was out and Nick Chubb still played. In that game, he finished with a t- 123 yards rushing, a reception, and a touchdown with Nick Chubb playing. Lovely. So Take even it. in that Kareem Hunt role, immediate starting potential. We're talking RB1 numbers. Uh, is he an RB1? Absolutely not. Is he very injury dependent? Obviously. But I'm just saying for him to be a guy that you can just snag after your draft – who's putting up phenomenal numbers in place of injuries. And then we have this news with Kareem Hunt coming out, uh, just possible holdout. Uh, Dearness Johnson is well worth a stash because the games that he filled in, he was putting up phenomenal numbers. Not, not okay numbers, not serviceable numbers, phenomenal numbers when he was put into a starting role. Yeah, it's, uh, Kareem Hunt saw Jacoby Brissett throw a few wounded ducks and said, oh, no, <laughs> they get me out of here, man. I like to pick Wayne. Guys, what you want to do, Mad Mob, is this one is for you as far as you go through your draft. The guys that you take that are on the pup list or on IR to start the season, whatever, you're taking those guys, you're throwing them on IR to free up a roster spot, and then after the draft, go just go ahead and scoop up Dearness Johnson, like Wayne is saying. He's not wrong. All the numbers are are excellent. He just laid it out perfectly for you. And it's it's just a stash situation. It costs you absolutely nothing. You have this roster spot and until you know your guy comes back from the pup. We have a lot of developing football still to come through the preseason. Injuries can happen. This holdout from Kareem Hunt could, you know, reach a boiling point. We could see a trade. It's just a lot of factors that can make this actually happen. And for a guy to be that good and go undrafted, I know a lot of things have to go right. But if they go right and you're holding the golden nugget, you're going to be very happy about it. You you look like a genius too because you've got everybody's yeah. got that one guy in your league who is just sitting there staring at alerts nonstop. And if news came out that Kareem Hunt's gone, this man is 
absolutely like logged in already has his name typed up ready to pick him up off the waivers and then when it's going to pop up would you like to trade for Dearness Johnson with fill in your team's name you look like a genius just mm-hmm. just stash him like like you said especially if you got a dude that's uh, that can instantly that can immediately go on IR uh he's a he's a great stash with great upside obviously injury dependent um, but with this cream stuff, it, he's, he's worth a stash. I like it. I like the pig. All right, Beggs, go ahead and give us a rundown real quick of your AFC North and NFC North locks and dark horses and overvalues. All right. NFC North overvalue David Montgomery lock AJ Dillon dark horse Darnell Mooney AFC North lock Nicholas Fitzgerald Chubb. Undervalued Donovan Peoples Jones, overvalued Deontay Fitzgerald Johnson. Goni, who you got? My NFC North lock is Justin Jefferson, Jetta. My overvalue is Amon Ross St. Brown. My dark horse is Cole Kometz. In the AFC, the lock is Mark Andrews. The overvalue is Amari Cooper. And the dark horse, Rashad Bateman. Uh, my NFC North lock, Aaron Jones. Dark horse, Alan Lazard. Overvalue is Adam Oldman Thielen. AFC North, the lock is Jamar Chase. Dark horse, duh, Ernest Johnson. My overvalue is Najee Harris. Uh, boys, hope we helped you out. It's been a good time. We got one more episode in this little mini series. Yeah. On my team. My lock is all of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and my dark horse is all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and my overvalue is none of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All, all of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. None of them. I mean, I was looking ahead a little bit. These two divisions are ugly. I, I already, I already know, dude. I'm already, I'm on it. Nice. The overvalues are going to be ridiculous because they all suck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Either way. Five Sundays till football. Let's get it. Five Let's Sundays till football. Hey, listen. This this Sunday, no, was it? Yeah, this Sunday was the last Sunday with no football until February. Oh, this past one. Yeah, August August seventh. Yep. August thirteenth nice. starts preseason. Uh, yeah, and then we're going right into the. Uh, yeah, preseason four weeks. Pre- Sorry, so Mad Mob, it's what I'm doing? So what we do, Mad Mob, is we ha- we don't want the same. The year. It's we, your wives, but you still can't. We don't want the same people, so we called dibs. So I went ahead and had to send a text of who I'm picking, just so they couldn't pick him. <laughs> He's <Did> the worst. <laughs> He's the absolute <laughs> worst. Got got it's him. So We're working here, man. Caught him sleeping. Dibs, dibs. <laughs> He's so mad because that's who he was like, bang, that's who my overvalue is going to be. It's simple. I wasn't even thinking about it. I just looked down and see we already have picks for the next one, so I don't want to be left holding the bag and scrambling for who I'm going to take. Is that who you were going to pick? I'm sure I would have come around to it. I didn't even (laughs) lay out the divisions in my mind, bro. Hey, well, I got dibs. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Mad Mob. Uh, we're getting the TikTok up and running. I had to go to Begley's house uh, tonight uh, to hold his hand on how to make a social media account. Uh, so, Old people. So we got um, Facebook, Mad Fantasy Football. 
um, which is getting up there. So get in on that early. Uh, we have, uh, you can email us mad podcast at Gmail. We got a Twitter at mad podcast, Reddit, mad underscore FF underscore podcast and tick talk, tick tock, Facebook. We're in the TikTok game, mad underscore FF underscore podcast. We're going to be getting those up more. Um, we have a Q&A. Q&A we're probably going to put up soon. A couple days. A couple days. Be out there. Send us your questions on uh, Facebook or Reddit. Join the group on Facebook. We have a page and a Facebook group, Mad Fantasy Football Podcast. We've been getting a lot of traction lately. Your questions, thoughts, concerns, rosters, all welcome. We have a good community there, and we look forward to seeing you guys. Like and subscribe also to the podcast, please. Also, um, if you all want to see a Discord or anything, if you all want us to start a Discord server, um, if it's easier for some of you all to reach us there, just let us know. Um, if, if you know, we get a lot of people that are like, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather hitch up on Discord, just... Hop on the Facebook group, email us, tweet us, anything, and, and let me know if we get a lot of people that want a Discord server, I'll start one. Um, we're just we're trying to stay as connected to you all as possible. We're you know, we're growing and it's and it's thanks to you all. Um, but we don't want to get to the point where like you know, because these Q and A's are something that we, we love to do and we take serious and it's it's something we do to try and help you all out because you know, every time you listen to us, you help us out. Um, and it's something that we always want to take serious and we don't want it to be like Fort Knox trying to get your question answered with us. So we're trying to open all avenues of communication with you all. So if, if you all want to see a discord server, just let us know and we'll, we'll get that going as well. Um, but until then we'll talk to y'all in a couple of days. My mob, we're out. Out. Let it work.